With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. David! Gagan! How you doing, buddy? I am outstanding today, Gags. Outstanding. I have electricity in my house, which is an upgrade on yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, we were supposed to do this yesterday, and we couldn't. (laughs) We're back now today. But here we are. Um, Just not much happened, really, in the last week, I think. Not much too much gone on. Um... Since Mo signed his contract, I think we we've done one. We've all been on pods since then. Um, it was all very exciting, wasn't it? When all that kicked off, was that just that was just Friday? So I suppose it's the first time we're both talking about it together. But I'm sure I've covered it elsewhere. We were both on that show together, as in mm. overlapping a little bit. Um, all all very good news. Getting a bit spoilt with the news. And so expecting something to break literally every day. But something interesting happened earlier this week that we can crack on with and try and cover first and foremost. Is that um, Bobby Firmino, one of our one of our friends, friends of uh, mine and AI, um, Indy Kayla, did say that he'd heard that um, you know Liverpool would accept him a bid of twenty million and wouldn't stand in Bobby's way if he was, you know, if he wanted to leave. And uh, this follows on. This was on Tuesday, I think, and this followed on rumours from um, Monday where there were some rumours that he was talking to Klopp with his agent. And Klopp mm. was not in any of the photos, no, you know, not in the, the videos either uh, put out by the club. So that was really interesting. Um, and then yesterday, as a turn of events, there was rumours that someone had signed, you know, that, that Bobby had signed a new contract as well by by so-called ITKs on Twitter. Now, we'd heard that a contract renewal has been done um, on Monday, but we don't know who. So something's happened. So uh, the, the the best bet would be Gomez, really, because Naby's not back, uh, or he's at least arriving today, we think. The best bet would be Joe Gomez. But then there's now the added, you know, thought that it could be Bobby Firmino. So just from a discussion's point of view... Um, you know, I don't want this to become the next poor contract extension in terms of, you know, if Bobby is on that range between 180k to 220k, nobody knows exactly where, but he was close to around where Mane and uh, Mo were, probably lesser than those two in terms of productivity and therefore on the on the on the wage structure and the scale. Um, but I think an extension of you know. Of, of of three years for for him at that price probably wouldn't be a good move, especially because the production being lower, and then also the availability be lower uh, has been lower as well for a couple of years. But uh, a reduced, you know, uh, wage maybe twenty percent or something would probably be decent. That's a fair whack being saved uh, towards the pot of someone else, and also just gives you that time to maybe sell Bobby next year instead without having too much pressure on but it's what what do you think what what are your thoughts on if if that was the case and with Bobby to to get renewed what did you what would be the ideal scenario from a from a fan perspective everybody loves Bobby there's no doubt right yeah there's nothing there's no question in the love category for Bobby we all do I think what's right for the club and what's right for business that's a little bit different 
Yeah, it is very much so. I mean, I would have imagined Bobby's base pay would have been probably the same as Sadio and Mo. It's just that they'd have made a lot more in terms of the incentives than he would because obviously they scored a lot more goals. Bobby, in truth, the last two seasons has looked a shell of himself. Now, he did have some good productivity this past season, but the season before that, and to be fair, even the title-winning season, Bobby wasn't great. So you could definitely make the case that he is past his best, that he is on the decline. So if we're doing an extension, it would have to be at a reduced figure. We can't we can't do what we did last summer with Henderson and give a player who's declining a big pay rise, because that's just stupid. So it would have to be, you know, some sort of reduced pay. He's no longer a starter, so that would have to factor in as well. Um, but if he was to do a heavily incentivized contract on somewhere in the region of 120 grand a week base plus appearance fee, starter bonus, goal bonus, etc., etc., then that can be beneficial to both parties. I wouldn't do a long-term extension with Bobby. I'd be inclined to do maybe one year with a, with a club option for the second year and see how he holds up. Because the thing is, you could sell Bobby now and get maybe 20 million, maybe. 20 million euro is what I'd imagine it'd be closer to rather than 20 million pounds. You can't really replace Bobby for 20 million pounds or 20 million euro rather. You can't replace him shy of probably 30, 35 million. So are we just better off keeping him, running him into the ground for the next two years and then letting him go in 2024 when perhaps we've got a little bit less to do, where there's less needs in the squad to be that and the Thiago replacement. That could be our 2024 summer. 2023 might be busy if we don't add the midfielder. This summer we'd have to add two next summer. You may also have to deal with a Gomez replacement and a Simicus replacement. So, you know, next summer could be quite busy, but the following summer could be one where we're set up for a fairly quiet window, just the two needs. And that's assuming Thiago doesn't stay, which he could do. I think it makes sense for us to offer him a short-term renewal, one year, club option on the second year, get as much out of him as we can. Now, for him, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he wanted to go because he has lost his place in the team. And now there's a world, and he lost his place in the team before Darwin arrived. And there's a World Cup coming up that he will want to be part of. And it's hard to see Brazil justifying picking him if he's not playing regularly for Liverpool. I completely agree. I completely agree. And since um, we've been talking, Paul Joyce has tweeted right on the button. Uh, that Joe Gomez has had further talks with Liverpool since returning for pre-season and wants to stay and ready to extend the contract. So, yeah, that's the, that must have been who we heard about then on uh, on Monday, uh, Dave. So it's it's definitely looking like it's Joe Gomez that's extending, which is good news. Good mm. news. It means it means Klopp has spoke to him as well to assure him that there will be more rotation and he will have. You know, more of a role. I think last year he was kind of right back cover, um, and we won't need that this year, I don't think. But he, I, I think he's, I think he's still going to be the first choice back of right back. Yeah, okay. Ramsey's only a kid. It'd be very unfair. Like if Trent gets injured, it's one thing if it's just the odd game or a cup game. Yeah. But if Trent gets injured, as he has a couple of times in Gomez recent seasons, yeah. it has to be Joe. Has yeah. to be. Um, I still think he's only going to be the fourth centre back. Yeah, he has to play his way forward, isn't he? He has to, you know. And and the thing is, he's he's not. It's Ibu and Matip on the right side. It's Virgil and Joe on the left side. So he's Virgil's backup. So unless Virgil's going to play less, which is possible, we might we might look to give Virgil more breaks next season. Um, I, I don't know that Gomez will see a massive increase in his appearances 
I with five subs, it'll help, obviously, because he can come yeah, on in games. But definitely. I'm talking about in times. terms of starts. I think VVD's time is going to be very well managed this year in comparison to last to keep it fresh. You know, he is he's getting older as well at the end of the day. We need to extend his his um his career by not by not you're right, the five subs is the difference maker. Before he'd make the three subs and we wouldn't be able to take anybody off, you know, if we're two nil up, three nil up and there's ten, fifteen minutes to go, taking VVD off makes sense to me. As many minutes you can save as possible, Dave, to be honest, um, when the game's over. And uh, if Joe starts coming in, making, you know, those appearances to start with, and then he's comfortable in there, he'll probably get a couple of starts just where we need to, we want to we want to prioritise, you know, VVD for a, a big game, for a Champions League game. Because obviously this first part of the season is going to be horrendous. It's literally a Christmas period from September to November, you know. Um, so I think he will, he will definitely rotate. I think he will definitely. So... Especially for this season, I think it's a good move. And then we can see what happens at the end of the season, see how many minutes he's had. That makes sense. And I think he'll make... And also, what it does is it protects the value, right, for next year. If it yes. is a case where... If it is a case where, you know, next year he has now come to a point where only got 1,500 minutes, mate. That's not enough for me. I, I need to move on. Then we've got him to extend... And he's got, you know, three years left on his deal or something, if he's gone four years now, if it is that much. He's got three years left, so we get a good premium for him as well. And we don't have that stress, right? No, that's exactly it. Like, we'll get a, a big, big fee for Joe with three years extra on his deal. Um, so if he, if, he le- if he were to leave next summer on his current deal with one year left, you'd probably get $35 million for him. 30 maybe, but you add this, um, you add this extension and you're probably tacking 10 million onto that. I mean, look, look at the prices that English center backs have gone for. I mean, Ben Day, Ben White went for 50 million. The guy couldn't lace Joe Gomez's boots. Slabhead went for 80 million. Now, I know that was a special case of one very stupid club, but you know, nonsensical fees for mediocre players. Joe is the best English centre-back. He's better than Tamore. He's better than John Stones. He's obviously better than Maguire. The fact that he's at Liverpool is just really unfortunate for him because I did this the other day on the Daily Red Gags. Go through all the top leagues in Europe and there's not a single club Joe Gomez wouldn't start for. Like You look at Real Madrid He's a better central defender than David Alaba. I would have Joe Gomez over Eder Militao or Antonio Rudiger. I think he's just a better defender than them. They've got this aggressive nature to the games that people get all excited about, but it's the same mindless fools who held Sergio Ramos on a platform like he was some great defender, when in truth he was a defensive liability that needed covering for. Gomez. His entire skill set, it just screams elite-level centre-back. The only other club outside of Liverpool that he wouldn't start for is City because they've got Diaz and Laporte. And that's it. That's literally it. Go go through them all. Bayern, he's better than Upamecano. PSG, he's better than Kimbembe. There's not a single club in Syria that he wouldn't start for. He'd start for Juve next to De Ligt, for AC Milan next to Fikayo Tomore, and he would start for Inter Milan over Stefan de Vries in the middle of that back three. You can go through all the different leagues, and Joe Gomez would be a starter for every team. Go through the Premier League, he'd be the best centre-back at every non-Liverpool City club bar Spurs, where Romero's a little bit better than him. But together, they'd be two-thirds of an incredible back three. So... You know, there's just there's nowhere else he wouldn't start other than us and City, and he's just unfortunate with us because at City he'd be the third centre back. It'd be yeah. Diaz, Laporte, and then him. But he's just unfortunate Liverpool that we've got Ebu, Virgil, and Joel. So he's the fourth centre back. He's he'd be the best third centre back anywhere in the world, and he's our fourth centre back. Nobody 
nobody has a better centre-back group than us. Nobody. Nobody even comes close to having the, the quality and depth we have. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's, I mean, last season just it's shown through with just three of them, and we got Joe there who wasn't who wasn't even played, but I'm sure he'll he'll come into the he'll come into games this year. Um, I think if you go with the uh, one of, you know, maybe VVD and and uh, Matip starting every game, and then you you interchange between who's their partner basically. So maybe you go VVD and um, VVD Canate, and you go Gomez Matip. Something like that. Possible, yeah, that is possible. Yeah, yeah something like um, that. You keep that height, right? You keep that. You keep because Matip and VVD are amazing in the air, so you keep that. But then you get obviously two of them when you got Kanate on with with the VVD as well. Plus, I'd rather Kanate be with one of Matip or VVD as well, if that makes sense. I think he needs that kind of, still probably needs that guidance um, at the moment. But yeah, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. But yeah, so that's good news. Looks like um Joe Gomez is gonna extend his stay. That's again another worry off the um our fans at the fans' backs anyway, or the heads anyway, at least we've got a settled back line uh for the next couple of years at least, before they probably start looking at another youngster, I reckon. Um, for the future with Kanate as VVD and Matip um, you know, get older. Which is a shame that they have to age, but they've been especially Virgil. Though I think is going to age really well. Like, oh yeah, Joel... I, don't, I think we will have to start managing. That's all. Yeah, but I mean, look at Thiago Silva, who at his very peak wasn't nearly as good as Virgil is. No, and yet he is thirty-seven. He'll be thirty-eight in September, and while he's a bit of a liability when he plays, he's no, he's a complete liability in a four. Um, you can mitigate his weaknesses, even at 38. And he's like 5'11". He's not some big commanding presence. I think Virgil could easily play to 35 at the level he's at now. Just given how he plays, the way he manages himself through games, I mean, we don't we don't see him sprint. He doesn't need to sprint. He just reads everything perfectly. And um, like when Silva was 35, 36, what happened at PSG was they just kind of insulated him. They put Tilo Carrera right back, Kimbembe at left centre back, and Marquinhos sat in front of him and protected him. I don't think Virgil will need that, because I just think he's a better defender than Silva. Yeah, it is. So, like, I think we could get another five years easy out of him playing, not maybe not as much as he did last season, but I don't see us taking the cups as um, as seriously as we did. So, you know, he Joe could play the cups. Virgil could get say thirty four starts in the league. Joe gets the others. Joe comes on a dozen times in league games where we're up by a few goals, and Klopp wants to rest Virgil. Champions League, the same kind of way. Vir- Virgil is the, the main guy, but Joe can play like the last game of a group stage, the second leg of a tie where we've, you know, kind of got wrapped up from the first leg. And then obviously, yeah, again, more sub appearances. So we can manage them that way. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. That's how it needs to be. His, his minutes on the pitch just need to be managed. That's all. As yeah. his age goes, as it goes up and up, like he's 31 tomorrow. Which is Joel, one. I don't think, will age as well, just because Joel has a greater history of injury issues. Yeah. And he's a bit more brittle. Um, and he doesn't have... Like, Virgil is enormous. I know Joel is incredibly tall, but Joel is lanky, whereas Virgil's just a big unit. So he, he doesn't have that the kind of physicality of it as well. Whereas Ibu, assuming his issues are behind him, he's the type you could see again, lasting the way Virgil has lasted because of that physical build. But no, it's look, it's it's a great situation to be in, having the four of them, knowing that Ibu is here potentially for the next decade or more. Virgil is here for probably until the, at the end of his career or until maybe he decides he wants to go and live in Miami or LA for a year and play there. We'll get another couple of years out of Joel. And uh, and with Gomez, it's just as long as he's happy. 
Like, we won't push to sell Joe, because if we wanted to sell Joe, he'd be gone, because there's no question Newcastle, Villa, and a couple of others would have snapped him up this summer if we made it known he was available. Mm. So clearly we want him to stay. It'll only ever come down to, will he ask to go? Will he look at his situation and think, I'm 26 in a year, I want to be starting, I should be first choice for England, I need to have my own my own gig, like I need to be somewhere where I'm the main guy or I'm the main starter. And um, if that happens, then I'm sure we won't stand in his way, but we'll get a good fee. And that's really all that matters to us. We get a good fee, we'll, we've shown we're, we're the best in the business at, at signing centre-backs. Like, you know, they just don't, they don't miss. The way they look at centre-backs, they just don't miss. Absolutely, and we don't we don't miss at all. And uh, some more news coming out from Paul Joyce, thanks to Sean. Good to saying, um, Joyce confirming, probably in his article that comes out as well at the same time, uh, £16 million price for Nico as well. So that will include the add-ons. So the last we heard it was 11 plus 4, uh, which was rejected, I think. And so now uh, that was 15 total. It's gone to 16. So we've probably accepted something like either 11 plus 5 or 12 plus 4 for him. So that's pretty good, and I, and I and I reckon we'd probably want most of that twelve up front as well, Dave. So that oh yeah, definitely. So that would be good. Um, that's again good business, good good stuff from the academy, right? Another sixteen million pound, um, you know, into the into the into the Liverpool coffers from the academy. Not bad. Yeah, very very um, a very good move. Like that's a a lot of money for. Nico Williams. Like, let's be really clear here. That's a a massive amount of money for Nico Williams. So, yeah, it's it's well. a great deal for us. It's a great deal for us. I think the way he plays uh, for Wales as well has come in handy, really, at this point on that one. Yes. So, you know, and and the fact that they qualified uh, for the World Cup has also come in very handy. So uh, that's that's really good, really positive. I think he wasn't going to get a chance here. I think even Ramsey would be above him in the in the pecking order. Um, and the out. thing is, like Fulham fans don't seem all that put out by the fact no. that they haven't brought him back. No, no. Um, I saw a number of Fulham fans say he's just not very good as a fullback, but you can see why he'd be good as a wing back. And if you look at like the highlights from Nico from his half season of Fulham, it's all stuff going forward. There's nothing really defensively that stood out for him at all. He got skinned a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, going to, going to Forest with, with Steve Cooper, who will play that back three and will use him as a wing back is definitely, um, a positive for him. If I was a Forest fan, though, I'd be wondering why we're spending sixteen million on Nico when Jed Spence, who helped get us up and is a better player, is going to Spurs for fifteen million. Um, but you know that's just what's happening. So maybe Jed Spence wants to go back to London. That's where he's from. Maybe he's made that yeah. decision. And I think Cooper Cooper knows Nico as well. So that's he does. And Cooper is an exceptional development coach. Yeah, like he is as good as there is at improving young players. So I think he'll do a good job with Nico. And the thing with Nico as well, like even if he goes to Forest and he's not great, let's just say he goes and he's just okay. And they're signing Omar Richards or they're trying to sign Omar Richards from Bayern Munich as well to play left wing back. If in 12 months they decide Nico hasn't really worked as a starter, let's get someone else in here. Well, Nico would be a great third wing back who can play both sides. So, you know, there's there's long-term value in that for Forrest. As long as they stay in the division, they can afford, if Nico doesn't immediately hit, to develop him a bit more slowly behind the other two. Because he will be a little bit behind because he hasn't played a whole ton of club football. Like, you look at what he's done thus far and it's not like he's played you know a hundred games um he's 21 and thus far he has played 50 senior games well made appearances sorry 48 senior yes that's the thing so these are just appearances yeah they're They're not majority will be subs i think will be sub appearances yeah Mm. so like 1920 plays 11 games 2021 
14 games and last season 23 between us and Fulham. It's not a lot of football by 21 when you consider, like, let's just take Bukayo Saka as an example. He's also, he's actually only 20. He'll be 21 in September. So he's five months younger than Nico. And he's played 131 games for Arsenal's first team. And most of them are starts. Yeah, so with Nico, I think he was he didn't come back to training. I think they, they allowed him to be flexible with that. And um, we've seen pictures of him. I think he was training with a Forest player as well. I think what it was from from we've, what we've been told from Nico's agent and the point of view was he didn't want to be treated like... Um, it was Harry Harry Wilson, uh, Wilson was it? Yeah. He didn't want to be in that situation where he was just continuously loaned out to play people and we didn't take a deal on him. So there has been some pressure from them as well to look, look, just take a deal, please, because we just want to move now. It's time to just yeah, leave. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's really good from the agent this time in terms of putting the pressure on Liverpool to say, you need to accept a deal here. We don't want to do loan deals. And I think players need to do that more as well and rather than be happy to go out loan places, especially this le- level of player they, you know, and, and what Harry was. They, we didn't need them. It was very clear we didn't need them. It was finding the right deal. And we messed up a little bit last, a couple of summers ago with, with Harry, where we didn't get, you know, we had a deal, I think, with, with um, Burnley. Burnley, was it? Yeah, 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 mm. exactly. And we, we moaned a little bit about that. There were some mistakes made. But this time... They've done well. It's a good deal. Um, so we go... Okay, that's another just, one done. Just again on Nico with the, in terms of the minutes. So 19-20, first team, he plays 830 minutes. Uh twenty twenty one, he plays 765 minutes. Last season, for us, he plays... 270, 470. He plays 478 minutes for us. And then he plays 1,200 minutes for um, for Fulham. So in three seasons, he's only played 3,100 minutes, which is one season's worth of minutes. So he is an inexperienced player. He, he has obviously got 21 caps for Wales, so he's probably ahead of where a lot of players of his age group are in terms of international experience. But in terms of first-team experience at club level, he's well behind where you would have hoped, considering he made his debut three years ago. Um, so it's up to him now. to He's going to get his move. It's up to him to go and show what he's capable of. And, um, Absolutely. you know, and he can look. The, the bottom line of this is, Nico Williams leaves us with a Premier League winner's medal. Mm. And he played a part in our League Cup run last season, so he's got a League Cup winner's medal as well. So, you know, he goes having won or been part of a squad that won major honours. That's something he can bring to Forrest. Like I said, he's joining a really, really good manager. There's a good group of players there. He's going to have a really good centre-back behind him in Joe Worrell. There's Dean Henderson in goal, arguably England's best centre, uh, best goalkeeper. Nick Hatha, they've brought in the new centre-back. He's good. Scott McKenna's very good. So he's coming into a strong defensive unit. If they get Omar Richards at left-back, he's another good player. So that's going to be a strong unit. And he's going to have to perform, but he will have the cushion of knowing that others can help him Joe Worrell will talk him through games, and that will be a big, big thing for Nico. Worrell will speak to him all game long and make sure he's exactly where he needs to be. And we know he's got the capability going forward. Like, he's got good delivery. He's capable of scoring goals. He's got a good shot on him. He's an aggressive player with the ball. So, you know, he should be able to be the best version of himself at Forest. Uh, Ryan Yates is a good midfielder. They'll they'll add someone there as well, and he's going to have good forwards to supply. Brennan Johnson's excellent. Sam Surridge is a good player. Heyo Awaniye, he'll know because Awaniye obviously was owned by Liverpool. They'll have had pre-season together a couple of times. Brennan Johnson is his international teammate with Wales, 
that's probably who he was working out with. Um, so yeah, he's he's going to somewhere where, like you mentioned earlier, he knows Steve Cooper from years back. He'll know a couple of the players, and it's a good situation for him to walk into. I actually think it's a better move for him than Fulham would have been personally. Always going to a a, a coach that knows you is better, and someone who trusts you, and you trust them. So you know he spent a lot of time with him and brought him forward. So so great you know that's that's going to be great for him um we're expecting hopefully a nabby uh extension or at least that's the rumors and what we've been told is to expect that so hopefully nabby's back today or tomorrow so we should hear something about nabby being extended too so that'll be gomez nabby then it's just basically whether that news around Bobby was true or not on those rumors from the itks on twitter was true or not because we've not heard anything about bobby at all so It'll be interesting to see whether what happens with Bob and what. Okay, let's go down this route before, as um, the second part of this pod. If we do sell Bobby, obviously we've been in our Discord server discussing this topic as well. Mm. The news that came with it from Indy was that if um, if we sold him, it wouldn't be a replacement this window. They haven't got time to do that. It would be next window or at least, you know, January or, or, or the summer to replace. What what would your thoughts be then for that? Because obviously that would mean Bobby's forcing it out because he wants to get game time before the World Cup. What are your thoughts on if that was to happen? Squad-wise. I think... I think we can get through the first part of the season, even if we don't replace them straight away. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we'll have Mo, we'll have Diaz, we'll have Darwin, we'll have Jota. So you've got four for three roles. And Jota, you'd imagine, is going to be sort of the first backup for all three roles anyway. So when Mo needs a sit, he comes in. When Darwin needs a sit, he comes in. And the same with Diaz. So, behind that then, you'd have been looking at, say, Kate Gordon, Bobby and Carvalho. You'd like to have Bobby, but if you don't have him, I, I just, I don't think losing the fifth forward for half a season is massive. Like, it'd be the same if he got injured. Like, if he had... Let's just say a, a torn quad muscle he could be out for four months anyway. And the season stops in November. So it's yeah. only August, September, October and half of November. Um, so it's only yeah, four months. August, the first three games, four games, are a game a week. So yeah. how much rotation will he actually do? That's it. None. None in all likelihood. First month. Yeah, that first he'll month he'll want to go team. with his strongest team and try and get 12 points on the board. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't be hugely concerned about it because I think we can go in January if that's the plan and find. Gnabry would be good, man, because it's be yeah. much cheaper than getting him now. And then also, yeah, I mean, for I don't sure. know if, if you wait, do you wait though? Do you wait for this five months or do you get him in early again and get a really cheap deal from buying? Because he's free, right? In Jan, as in, like, you can sign a pre... You can sign them on a pre-contract in January. So you could absolutely look to, to do the, the pre-contract thing with them, and then maybe you go to Byron and say, look, we'll give you 10, 15 million to take them now. Yeah, um, it, right? Yeah, of course, definitely. He is, he is a top, top player. There's absolutely no doubting Serge Gnabry's ability as a footballer. The other option, um, potentially you look at someone like Memphis, who'd also be out of contract next summer. Um, you could look at Moussa Dembele from Lyon. He's also out of contract next summer. Sasa Kalasic, who's at Stuttgart. Now, he's been linked to Bayern this summer, so he may go. But there's definitely options out there for us if we wanted to wait till January and then go and look at someone with six months left on their deal. You know, there's some older options if we just wanted a short-term fix, like uh, a Lewis Muriel, 
Um, Alassan Plea, who I do like from Borussia Mönchengladbach, he's quite similar to Bobby stylistically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely something we could look at to just tide us over. Now, if you bring in Agnabry, he's going to want to play a lot, which is obviously fine, and it gives you the option of going to a front four and all that kind of stuff. Um, and maybe if he arrives, then Jota's the fifth forward. So that's that's one thing to consider there. I do wonder if... If Bobby goes, if the plan might be to find... We searched for it for years when we had Taurus, but a, a backup nine. Like, if we're going to play Darwin, we're obviously going to play with a proper nine. So doesn't it make sense to have a backup proper nine so that if Darwin is out for whatever reason, the, the shape and style of the team doesn't have to alter too much? So that could be an option. That's where someone like um, Kalasic from from Stuttgart could, could come in because he is an out-and-out number nine. He's also enormous. I think he's six seven, So he could actually play with Darwin as well. Um, but, yeah, we'd have plenty of options. I, if we lose Bobby, he should go with everybody's blessing because it will be his decision and it will be driven by the fact that he wants to go to the World Cup and be a big part of that Brazil team. Because it's his last shot at the World Cup. Bobby's not going to a World Cup in 2026. Do you know? Bobby on a beach, uh, completely drunk. But, yeah, we, we can definitely survive the first half of the season without Bobby. Without doubt. Because, look, if Ox doesn't go this summer, he's an option. I still think Curtis could be worked into that false nine type role. Yeah. If need be, I thought you were going to say get rid of that. I was like, oh, well, you can okay. obviously, obviously, what you want to do with Curtis, you want to loan Curtis out, <laughs> uh, two year loan to do- to Dortmund as part of the the Jude deal. <laughs> um, but like, if you look at Curtis's build, the makeup of his game, yeah, the style of his game, the physicality of his game, there's a a lot of similarities in Curtis with a young Bobby. Like the Bobby we bought, not the Bobby now, the Bobby we bought. There's a lot of similarities between those players. Um, you could hurt us as potentially someone that could be the Bobby replacement in that false nine slash number 10 role. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we'd be massively put out by losing Bobby. I really don't. It'll be interesting to see what happens. There's there's lots going on at the club. Um, I think the focus is getting these um, players re-signed first, um, their future sorted. They've Yikes. got pre-season tour coming as well, haven't they? Um, this next week, Man United game coming up. So all the focus, really, all on, all on those things. I'm not sure when signings and things like that will be happening, but I'm sure once they come back to Europe, that's when uh, the focus will shift back to if there's any other, you know, more movement to come. And and you know what? All these people uh, online now, Dave, I'm not sure if you've been following a journalist, but they're all kind of softening their stance now on this. That's the end of our summer transfer stuff. That's the end. Of, you know, everyone's kind of like, yeah, there could be. There might be because I think there's plenty going out there that Liverpool are working on things. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think there's one thing we can say is Julian Ward is very very busy. Uh, moving on to Julian Ward, how how would you rate him so far this window? Um, Just to respond to something in the chat, uh, oh. Gomez is better than Laporte. He is, but he's not left-footed. And the per- point is, Pep wants a right-footer and a left-footer, and Gomez isn't better than Ruben Diaz. He might be better than Laporte. It's it's close. Laporte hasn't been the same since the injury, but Laporte is left-footed, and that's what Pep wants. Um, so that's why... Laporte would start for him over him for City. Um, sorry, what were you saying, Julian Ward? Yes, please. Your thoughts on Wardy so far? Um, look, he's had a busy, busy start. I think you have to be very happy with the work that's been done. Now we don't know. Michael Edwards stayed beyond his leaving date to help out, so. 
you know, what kind of involvement did he have in negotiations? Um, he was obviously heavily involved in the Diaz deal. I'd imagine he was involved in the identification of Darwin, although we know it's Julian Ward that has the stronger contacts in Portugal. <laughs> uh, well, we have heard something on that, actually, Dave, that I haven't spoke to you about, is that it has that has all been Wardy since the summer, in the summer. The summer stuff's been all Wardy, is what we've heard. Oh, yeah, wouldn't, but, yeah. I mean, that's what's going to come out regardless. Nobody's going to say, well, it's Michael Edwards, because that just shits all over the guy coming into the job. But I'm sure he is the one that's handled the negotiations. Mm. I think... I think he got a good deal on Darwin. Now, I know we had to pay an enormous amount of money up front, um, which is sort of how we got around paying his buyout clause. But overall, I think that will prove to be a good deal. We got a very good deal on Carvalho. Though obviously, that was one that was from January that we had kind of in the mix. But that, that to my knowledge, was all Julian Ward as well. That That's somebody that Julian Ward has been very keen on for a while. Um and Calvin Ramsey, I think we got a great deal on him for four million. Yeah. Consider Rangers paid. I want to say Rangers paid ten million for Nathan Patterson. Let me just double check that. I can check that for you. Nathan Patterson, who had played twenty-seven games for Rangers in total, and Everton paid an initial five and a half. Rising to 11 for Patterson. Now, don't get me wrong. Nathan Patterson is very, very talented. Very, very talented. But nobody who's watched both will tell you that he's a better player than Ramsey. Ramsey is the better player. Ramsey's the more experienced player. And we got him for an initial fee of 4.2 million, rising to, is it 6.5 or something like that? So... We've gotten a significantly better deal on the better, more experienced player, even though he's a year younger than Patterson, or a year and a half younger than Patterson. So I think that's a brilliant bit of business by um, by the football club and, and by Julian Ward to get him. Look, regardless of how the Salah contract negotiation got, got done, Julian Ward is the man that got it done. And that's enormous. And if he gets Naby done and he gets Joe done, I, I think that's a very successful first summer, especially with these sales. Now, I've said to you before, I think the Mane fee is low, but we, we've been over the reasons why it's low. I think he got a decent fee for Tacky. Yeah. Uh, he's certainly going to get a good fee for Nico. Um, we're, needy. we're needy level. Well, if we... Once Nico goes through, when you factor in the money coming from Wilson and Grujic, of course. because their deals are now permanent, whereas they were initially loans with obligations, once the Nico deal goes through, we will be in profit for this summer. Yeah, And that's that's after spending $74 million. We'll have brought in $81 million if we get 16 for Nico. Now, if it's add-ons of four million, then it'd be seventy-seven million, but we'd still be in profit for this summer. And there's still the possibility that Ox gets sold, the possibility that Bobby gets sold, and the potential that we could find a buyer for Nat Phillips, though it does it does seem like we might be accepting a loan again, which Which is weird. Uh Phillips just and not. Davies, yeah, they're just probably hard to move on. Well like. so Davies, I know for a fact that Celtic want Davies. Oh wow! Um, but they don't want to pay any more than about two and a half, three million for him because they're not looking at him as a first choice player. That'll do us though. How much did we pay for him? That's still, t- but, but we we apparently want four to five million for him. Are we stupid? Like, what did we pay for him? Seven hundred grand or something, five hundred yeah, grand. So making, we paid peanuts for him. Yeah, we're making five, six times. Like, that should be enough, man. It should be enough. It should be enough. Celtic want him as like a third choice centre back, um, or an option when they shift to a back three. But we're apparently asking a little bit too much. So it may be that he goes on loan again uh, next season. Now, if he's going on loan, surely we should be trying to find a Premier League club to take him. Because that might boost his value, or a Scottish pre- like send him to Celtic on loan would do more for his value 
than sending him to the championship again. Because if you look at, say, Cameron Carter-Vickers, okay, who was at Spurs for a long time, was on a whole bunch of loans. He was at Sheffield United, Ipswich, Swansea, Stoke, Luton, Bournemouth, and they couldn't get a, a good price for him. They loaned him to Celtic. He did well for one season, and they got six million for him. Mm. So why wouldn't we do the same thing with Ben Davies? Loan him to Celtic or Rangers if they wanted him. If he has a good season there, you can get a bigger fee for him because he's he'll be performing in the European stage as well. Um, but yeah, if you could sell those yeah. two, Nat and look the two. If we get three million for Davies, I'd take it. If we get ten million for Nat, take it, take it. Get him off the wage bill. He's never, ever, ever going to be good enough to play for this club on a regular basis, regardless of what the minority gammons in our fan base think. Nat Phillips just isn't good enough to play for Liverpool on a regular basis. So sell him and get good money for him and let the lad go and have his career. Because, like, Nico didn't want to be a Harry Wilson. I don't think Nat wants to be a Harry Wilson either. Nat Phillips is 25. Like, he's not a kid. It's not like he's 19, 20. Let the lad go and have his career. Take 10 million if that's all you can get. If Bournemouth want him on loan, it has to be with a mandatory buy option if they stay up. Has to be. Because we can't just loan him, have him go there, they stay up, and then they turn around and go, oh, we'd like him on loan again. No, fuck off, like... You either take him on loan now with a mandatory buy option or you just don't get him. Simple as that for Bournemouth. But if like, if we could find a buyer for him, it'd just be great because you'd like to move him on, get that money in and put that money towards somebody that can actually help us. Yeah, absolutely. And just want to get the wages off the wage bill. You don't want it to keep coming back, right? That's um, it. Exactly. Every time it just, it just that that way just keeps coming back every summer. If you get whenever you get rid, and it comes back every summer, and it's just like, well, it's another way down. Is it going to stop us? The way the way that they operate the club is it going to weigh us down in terms of who we can get? Do we have enough, you know, wage bill? But we've worked it out. If if this Bobby's stuff does happen and he ends up going this summer, then that's a big amount coming off, you know, big big amount. And then next summer you're guaranteed with with Ox as well. So. Making that space for the next forward is good, and another midfielder would be would be ideal for next next year. And I think that's the two positions we need next year. We need another midfielder, on top of if we get one this summer, and another uh, another forward if Bobby's going next year as well. So that's the two major parts, as well as any other bits they want to spruce up with youngsters, you know, and in and around the the squad. Now, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about was a uh, another link. Um, it was mentioned in one of the articles. I think it was a Neil Neil Jones. Did you mention? Did you talk? Did we talk about Suchic already? And Salzburg. We mentioned them last week when we had a chat about midfield options. Um, <laughs> he, he's there's no doubting the talent is there. That that kid could be anything he wants to be. Um, would he help us this season? Probably not. But you're not buying him for this season, you know, as with Carvalho and Ramsey. Everything's planning now, isn't it? Everything. Yeah, that's it. You're, but you're buying them for the next 10 years. Mm. But with Suc- with Susic, you'd be looking at him. You're, you're going 4-2-3-1 if you buy him. It, he is going to be a number 10. That's where you want to utilize him to get the very, very best out of him. So he could play as an ace. Um, he's played a little bit wide in a, in a in a narrow four, but if you want to get the very best out of him, you're going to play him as a ten, and you go him with behind Darwin, and that could be really really special. But we've just bought Fabio Carvalho, and the most likely position for him long term is also that position. Um, so you know it's going to be a balancing act for sure. But and it, if you can it, get an elite level young player, like if you can get Susic, if you can get Carney Chukwameka, doesn't matter if you already have someone in that position. Like nothing drives me mad more than when I see us linked to young attacking midfielders and someone says, 
Oh, but they'll block the path of Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. And what? Like, we're going to be held hostage to two young players? Get as many of them in as possible, and the best ones will make the grade, and the ones who don't either become squad players, or you sell them at a good profit. Like, that's what we've got to be doing. If we're, Because we're a self-sustaining club, because the owners don't put money in, we have to be generating our own money. So this idea that we shouldn't sign whoever because it you know might block like I've seen people say we shouldn't sign Jude Bellingham because it blocks Curtis Jones's path. It's the it's the most infuriating thing I've ever seen. If Curtis is good enough, he will make the grade. He will become one of the the core fifteen or sixteen that Klopp relies on. He might not be an every game starter. But he'll be in that group, and if he's not good enough, sell him. Like, I, the, sorry, go on. You finish. No, I just like I just think with the likes of Suchet again. You see people say, "Oh, well, like what what happens to Harvey Elliott?" Harvey Elliott has to up his game. That's what happens to Harvey. If Harvey has someone coming in who's a challenger for a position Harvey believes he's good enough to play in, then Harvey will have to up his game. And if Harvey turns out to be the better player, brilliant. Yeah. If if bringing in a Lucas Susic has the effect of forcing Harvey Elliott and Fabio Carvalho to double down and improve themselves and continue to develop, great. Exactly. Absolutely brilliant. Win-win situation. They want to drive now and build the coach, foster that culture now. Young players coming in, driving each other to, you know, one-upping each other. Every week they come in and get a game. If they're rotated out, they're one-upping each other. They're pushing that. I want to be starter every game, mate. You, know, you can't ignore me. And and the real important reason for getting Suchic, if we did get him, surely is because it guarantees a Champions League win next year, right? Croatian in the in the squad sorted. There yeah, you, you've got to have one. You've got to have one. It's <laughs> it's one of the reasons I want Lovro Meyer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it ticks the box, the, mate. It'll happen. <laughs> the Croatians really have. It's a hell mad, of a run. Mad record, right? We're the I, only one. We're no, the we only ones the since thirteen. Oh, Lovren was in the squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovren was in the squad, man. So That's you had. Nice. Modric obviously's won five. Yeah. Rakitic won one with Barca. Mm. So you've got to go Bayern, back. Who was in the Bayern team? Was Mandzukic there? Ooh. I think he might have been. Paris. Hmm. Mario Mandzukic. Yeah, Kovacic or, and Chelsea. That's right. Uh, yeah, Mario Mandzukic was at Bayern when they won it. Oh, wow. Okay. So there you um, go. So we've got what Chelsea won it in twelve thirteen. Was it twelve thirteen? They won it for the first time. No, that they won the Europa League that year. Mm. Who won it in? Oh yeah, no. So it was twelve eleven twelve that Chelsea won the European Cup. What? So twelve thirteen was Bayern again. So that was that was Manzuk. So Manzukic was there for that one. Right for nineteen twenty, who was was it? Was there one in their team for? Yeah, Kovacic. Kovacic no. was there. What for Bayern? Oh, for Bayern. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Oh, that's a good shout. Let me that's see. The one in it, the recent one. Bayern. Did they have a? I I don't know that they did. I don't know that they did. Oh yeah, Ivan Perisic was there. Oh wow! Yeah, so you've got Modric. This past season, the season before it was Kovacic, the season before it was Perisic, season before that it was Lovren, then three Modric in a row, Rakitic, Modric, uh, Ivan Perisic at, uh, no, sorry, um, Mandzukic at Bayern, and the streak breaks in 11-12 because Chelsea didn't have a Croatian player. That's mental. Um, that so, yeah, mental. it's every year from 2012 13. It's a decade. It's 10. It's 10 Champions Leagues where there's been at least one Croatian 
who's played our role. Incredible, Dave, that is. And incredible. unsurprisingly, Dejan Lovren is by far the worst of those Croatian players. By far. Oh, my God. I see it was his birthday the other day. I hope he had a shit day. Oh, for I really sake. do. I hope you had no a shit. No need to be nasty. Hope you had a shit day. Right. I think I need to head off, but I think that's <laughs> that, that's been actually a fast hour, to be fair, or at least nearly an hour. But um, are you are you going to buy Pep and Linda's book? I've already pre-ordered it. Yeah, from Amazon. Yeah. I've pre-ordered it. I have to. You have to read that because when you read that, you can again be able to you know learn more about how they do things, and it helps in in terms of a fan understanding some decisions that happen week week on week maybe opens up a little bit when we there's some decisions that we were like startled on or upset about or angry about they'll come he you know i think they've done it literally week by week week he was saying in that one minute video a week by week thing that they chatted and uh, got this book written so that's going to be really interesting very interesting and it's really good that they were writing it that as they went along as well because then it's really at the time, Dave. Yeah, more, it's, it's in, in the moment. In the moment. That's what I love because retrospective is always an easier write, you know, and you can always then kind of have some sort of hindsight bias somewhere. Mm. But this will be moment, time, bang, bang, bang as they go along. Because otherwise you never get a book out this quick of the season, do you? Never, ever. No. No. It had to be written in, in the time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I, I don't really, I'm not much, of, I like reading online rather than books and stuff, but it'd be nice to just sit down and, and have a read of that one because I, I want to learn. It's, I, as we do these podcasts, it's always good to be able to go back and be a bit educated on, on how the club works and especially the first team because it's closed off. We don't really get to hear much about the, the you know, inside that dressing room of Jürgen and how things work. You know, not at this depth, written by the first team coach, you know, that that's going to be assistant coach. Sorry. That's going to be mental. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to August 5th. Um, maybe we might need to take a couple of days away off, off work and just read and chill. But um, I'm looking forward to that. Have you ordered it as well? I have. I've just ordered it there now as we're talking. Um, I was, I was going to order it off the, the club site, but I'd rather order it off Amazon. Can't be feeding into the pockets of John Henry and you know helping him buy another yacht and stuff like that. It's all going to go there anyway. FSG out and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> well, let's hope when yeah. we're back next week to talk. Um, hopefully by a Wednesday, maybe there's more to talk about. I think we would have played United in um, in preseason by then as well. Um, yes, I, I we will play United on the twelfth. Is it? Tuesday, yeah. I want you to read up on the five commandments of Ten Hag by then, if you can, because they're that's hilarious, right? So there's five apparently released five commandments of Ten Hag. Um, Jesus that, Christ! That, <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Thou God. shall not. Honestly, it's written like that as well. It's a fucking joke, oh, man. Oh yeah. They they're just making a uh, apparently Frankie Frankie. Uh, the young wants to go to, or, or at least Chelsea are after him now. So United are proper in the mud at the moment, and they want Ronaldo might go to Chelsea as well. So there's all that's a good thing for them. If if they sell Cristiano and do nothing else, they'll be fine. That's a win. Yeah, that's a win Bruno of a window. Will be, if they can Bruno get rid will of be him. back to world class. Yeah, Sancho will be better. Rashford will be better. Martial might be happy again. If they get rid of that absolute bell end, um, like it would be the. Oh, I'd love if Chelsea signed them. Yeah, it'd be it, it's it's exactly the type of thing that a stupid new owner who's got no idea what he's doing will yeah. do. And I tell you one thing: if they do it, I think Chelsea end up fifth, and yeah. Arsenal all of a sudden have an op- an opportunity to jump into the top four. Yeah, even with, even with Arteta. Yeah, and they've Even got an actual—they've got an actual goal threat now in, in Jesus, you know. With with God, the, these are these are good. What the command? Oh, these these are great. We need. Yeah, we'll talk with these next week. Yeah, we've got to. It's going to be hilarious. But okay, so we'll be back next week with the command for five, not the ten, the five. They have to do things in halves because that's United. Uh, the five. Yeah, doing things half first. 
<laughs> Always the United way. But, yeah, so something to look forward to. Back on Wednesday, we'll cover the uh, the first ch- pre-season. We get to see a couple of new players, maybe uh, Ramsey and um, Carvalho get to kick about as well. So we'll, we'll have our first thoughts. And that obviously can't take much, but should be still a bit of fun to see Liverpool play um, in pre-season again. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Fingers crossed, more good news over the weekend. Maybe some more players signed, as in, sorry, contractors, contracts um extended and then let's see if Liverpool do actually move in the transfer market as well loads of still things happening uh, loads of stuff still happening and uh, loads of content still to come from us so stick with us and uh, thank you Dave appreciate your time take care buddy catch you soon bye we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index, and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.